hello, hello, hello. Test one, two, three, four, five. I don't know if this is working. Hi. If you're hearing this, well, I guess that means it was working. Um, I have had some technical difficulties with my podcasting equipment recently and am trying to fix it uh, and may just have to buy new stuff. Again, I would say if you're hearing this and it sounds even remotely good, then that means I don't have to buy some new stuff. But if I do, I do. And that's not your problem. So anyway. Um, but yes, that's why there was kind of a break in the podcast schedule. Uh, I do have an interview in the can with Elena Alderman of Record Archive. Um, but there were some technical issues on it. But I think I can save it. See, I think that's what my 15 years in radio did, is I did a lot of production. And because of that, I think I can actually save it. But it's going to take me some time. And uh, I've spent all my time recently just getting the actual physical equipment to work. So... Anyway, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, I, I actually just, I, I want to start off by gushing about Dario and Chris, the hosts of Refined Taste Rock. I just recorded their podcast yesterday. That would have been uh, Saturday, today being Sunday, and I believe it comes out midweek this week. They do a podcast called Refined Taste Rock. They came on the scene with a vengeance, man. They came on with, uh, with on fire. I think it was late last year I probably I noticed them on the uh, marquee of the little theater and I talked about them then they won best uh, city magazine's best podcast in Rochester and they really are just doing a really good job and what they're doing is they're doing a format where they talk about food they talk to food people and they uh, bring a lightness to it you know it's there are serious moments and real conversation happening there but in general they're two comedians um, and they bring a bit of a, a light, you know, just sort of approach to the whole deal. And there's two of them, so it's great conversation. And you know I'm a sucker for food podcasts and entrepreneur podcasts. You put the two together and you win my heart. And that was what, you know, back in the day on the Wham 1180 Food and Wine Show, that's what we were trying to do. I was trying to do entrepreneurship, but never really was able to bring up a, a lightness or a you know, a, a comedy side to that, but that's okay. You know, I was talking to Dario and, and Chris about this yesterday. I think this was actually off the air, but we were talking about whether or not podcasts need to be funny. And of course they don't, uh, you know, Chris is a news junkie. Uh, Dario and I both listen to some true crime podcasts. I mean, we were talking about an entrepreneur podcast as well. And we were talking about some of our favorites and they're not, all in need to be funny sometimes a podcast just needs to be captivating smart you know make you think or be a great story but funny certainly has a place and can be injected into serious topics and I and I, again I think that's what they're on to I just think it's brilliant I think they're taking food entrepreneurs and chefs and they're coming at it from a very funny standpoint it's kind of like one of the podcasts I told them I love yesterday and and I, I think um, they also said they really like is last podcast on the left, which is a exclusive to Spotify, but it's a podcast that is true crime, but also comedy. And that sounds to somebody who doesn't or who hasn't listened to it, isn't familiar. That can sound a bit cringy. How are you supposed to talk about murder and make it hilarious? But I don't know how to explain this to you. They do it on last podcast on the left. They manage to be hilarious and talk about murder, essentially. And and I, you really cannot take my word for it. Even you listening to me say that, I could imagine you being like, ooh, God, that's eh, doesn't seem 
But I'm here to tell you, it works. They do it, and they do it well. Speaking of podcasts, speaking of Spotify, one of the big pieces of news this week was Neil Young basically putting Spotify's feet to the fire and saying, hey, Joe Rogan shouldn't be allowed to say the things he says. You're giving him a platform. Remove him or remove me. And Spotify sided with Joe Rogan over Neil Young, which I got to believe I don't blame them for that. I mean, we can get into the actual argument of whether or not Joe Rogan is doing anything wrong, and we'll come back to that in a second. But in general, the idea that Spotify was put in a corner and told, hey, choose Neil Young music or Joe Rogan, and they chose Joe Rogan, I think is actually pretty cool. I think it's kind of a win for podcasting. Podcasting is clearly taking over at this point. I mean, FM radio is struggling, has been for a very long time. Audio content is still king, whether it's coming from FM radio or from a podcast or anywhere else for that matter. But it's FM radio is not necessarily, you know, the talk content being produced there is just not being done in a format, I think, that is user-friendly anymore. And podcasting is, is king, and Joe Rogan is the top of that. And so because he is, I'm interested. I've been listening to Joe Rogan a little recently. And a couple things he does, strictly from a podcasting standpoint, is he does really long episodes, and I think that that's really fascinating because he goes very in-depth. There's no time constraint. It's just long conversations. Now, I'll be honest, they're tough to digest sometimes because you almost can never listen to them in one sitting. I guess it depends on what you do for a living. Truck drivers probably have an easy time listening to a couple episodes a day, but for me, just with my commute to work in the morning really being 20 minutes or so, um, and then my way home is usually taken up by returning phone calls. It's really about 20 minutes a day that I get to just listen uninterrupted to a podcast. So it's hard for me to listen to a whole episode. Now, I think Neil Young's beef and most people's beef with Joe Rogan is he can get a little conspiracy theory-ish, and he certainly can. He'll have experts on that are, you know, and when I say experts, by the way, I air, I have to remember it's a podcast. I air quote when I say experts. He'll have experts on. And, you know, they make some good points. They make some not so good points. And sometimes they're really leading towards something that is, quite frankly, a little conspiracy theory-ish. Now, conspiracy theories are a lot of fun. I mean, conspiracy theories are the types of things that most of us think most of them are crazy, but every once in a while, one will rear its ugly head that'll make you go, huh, (laughs) that one actually seems to make sense. And that's the problem is sometimes they make a little too much sense, and then you go down the rabbit hole, and then the next thing you know, you're like a conspiracy theorist. But anyway, Joe Rogan will do that to you, right? He'll have guys on, they'll talk for three hours about things that are a little crazy, but they've got just enough truth to them that you're going, huh. Like, I was listening recently to a guy who's all about internet privacy, and he's basically talking about how, hey, Google has thousands and thousands of pieces of data on you, and they're using it. You know, there's a data profile out there on you that contains way more information than you care for them to have. And I think there's probably truth to that, uh, and it does scare me <laughs> scare me to think Google could one day get hacked. Could you imagine if all of our Google search histories became public? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I think literally every human alive would probably be canceled if that ever happened. I can't imagine. If you're, that's why they, our, our inner thoughts should never be made public. 
because I have to believe that there is not a human being alive who has never had a thought that they wouldn't want anyone to know. Not one. You Okay, I challenge you. You don't think you have? You're telling me you've never had one thought your entire life that if it ever got out that you had that thought, that you would be mortified. Thank you. Of course you have. We all have. Everyone has. Dark thoughts. I don't know. We don't have to go down the road of what types of thoughts. I'm not going to tell you what my dark thoughts are. I'd be canceled. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I think we've all had them. It's not a good thing if those things become public. Does Google have thousands and thousands of data points on us? Probably. How are they going to use them to sell us? Yeah. I mean, remember, there's a really basic rule. If you are using something for free, that means you are the product. Google is that. You're Googling, and it doesn't cost you any money to Google something? Okay. Guess what? You're the product. What does that mean? Well, they're selling advertisements to people for your eyeballs. They're selling your eyeballs. You are the product. Happens all the time. Anytime you're using something for free... You're the product. Just keep that in mind. Anyway, back to Joe Rogan. So that was an interesting episode, and it was full of really good points, and it was full of some stuff that sounded a little conspiracy theory-ish. Rogan has also had stuff, very legit scientists on, very legit doctors, where there's just straight fact being spewed, no conspiracy theory, and then he's also gone the other side where he's had some people on. But I think that's actually kind of great. And I guess we could beat our chests and say it's freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. It is. Frankly, it is. The fact that he can have anybody on and talk about anything they want is freedom of speech. You have the right to listen or not listen. I think the frustration isn't necessarily in the fact that people say those things. It's the fact that people want to consume those things. The frustration, I think, is the fact not that junk food exists, junk talk exists, junk, I don't know, internet exists, whatever. It's the fact that you really, none of us are having a good, none of us are doing a good job of convincing anybody to stop using the junk. So the only thing we can do is try to stop the junk, then we're censoring, then we're the problem. Because censoring is not a good idea. I don't think. Anyway. So I thought that was kind of interesting, just the Joe Rogan, the Neil Young. And then I think Joni Mitchell jumped on with him, right? And it'll be interesting to see a couple more artists jump on. I mean, quite frankly, there is power in numbers. If a whole bunch of artists jump on the bandwagon of we're pulling off Spotify, at some point they would force Spotify's hand in some way, shape, or form. They would have to. You know, they would just have to, you would think. Anyway, um, it's way, way late for this, but just a quick remark on last weekend's Bills game. I think it's just encouraging to see how good the Bills are. You know, and I felt that way all year, that the Bills were a team who could just essentially score at will, and they were young. And listen, it's the NFL, and the NFL does have one thing going forward. It's why it's the greatest of all the sports leagues, and that is that there's a sense of parity. There is a little bit of anybody could beat anybody, right? They call it any given Sunday. I think that's a great thing that the NFL has that. You know, that said, it's still a little unfair because when you think of that, baseball, basketball, hockey, they play seven-game series. Usually the cream will rise to the top, the better team will win. In the NFL, 
there is just a little bit of luck involved. There just is, whether you like it or not. And I'm not just saying it comes down to a coin toss. Of course, there's the luck of the coin toss. But there's also just a lucky bounce here or there throughout the course of a game that will or will not go your way that can completely decide the fate of a game. And that is what makes the NFL so fun and so frustrating. It's very similar to golf. When you stink at golf, why do you ever go again? Golf sucks. You ever go golf? 18 holes, you golf, you're trying to get a tiny ball in a hole hole 300 yards away. It sucks. So why do you go back? You go back because once in a while, you pull off this masterful shot that just lands exactly where you want it to go. That's the addiction. But guess what? It's a little bit of luck. And then you work at it, work at it, work at it, and it turns into a little bit more skill. And then before you know it, you're golfing more, and you're relying more on skill than luck. However, the element of luck never completely goes away. And that's the frustrating thing sometimes about sports is, no matter how great you are, there's still just a tiny element of luck. Hey, you know what? Honestly, quite frankly, that's life. That's business, that's personal life, that's sports, that's any aspect of life you want to bring it. There is, whether you like it or not, an aspect of luck to pretty much all parts of life. And think about your personal life. Think about your business life. Think about your golf game. Sometimes it's just coming down to whether or not the bounce goes your way. And my mom told me something years ago that I thought was good. Because, of course, there's the saying out there, right, life isn't fair. It's not. Life is not fair. But I think if you really look back at how unfair your life has been, you'll notice that your life has been pretty unfair in several key moments. And a few of those moments have gone your way, and a few have probably not gone your way. Because you've probably also benefited from life isn't fair a few times. And most people hopefully get to shake out their lives coming in around 50-50. Some people get the benefit of more things going their way, and some people, unfortunately, more things don't go their way. But life isn't fair, and it probably has worked against you and for you in the past, if you're being honest. The fact that life isn't fair. So anyway, I, I mean, I think it's just very encouraging to be a Bills fan right now. I think my Browns are falling apart emotionally. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, there's quite a bit of uh, polarization there. And that poor Baker Mayfield, I really do feel bad for him. I, Of course, I think he deserves another season to try to prove himself. And it's just going to be extreme scrutiny. Just tough. I mean, every pass he throws in 2022 – is going to be analyzed just beyond anything that is fair to him. Everything he does. Because the, the, the Cleveland Browns-Baker Mayfield topic has become just as polarizing as the nation's Republicans versus Democrats narrative has become. It's just very much so anything he does right. The big, They're called the Baker Bros. The Baker Bros are going to say, see... And the Baker haters are going to say, luck. And then the other way around, anything he does wrong, the Baker bros are going to find an excuse for. And the Baker haters are going to say, see. So, frustrating there for sure. Um, I saw the new Scream movie. Big fan, by the way. I love the Scream franchise. 
Holy moly, do I love this franchise. I just think they pull it off. And in this new Scream movie, they absolutely do a great job of making fun of themselves, adding some aspects of comedy, nodding to the originals, while also pulling off a new compelling movie that is, I'm going to use the word believable. We'll say believable in canon with the Scream universe believable. I mean, there's still the aspect of those vo- the freaking voice changer is ridiculous. How how well the voice changer works for them is just crazy, and um, also just the I don't know. They 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 honestly they they do ask you to suspend a decent amount of disbelief in these movies. But I love a whodunit. I just love watching a movie where you're guessing right up until the end who the bad guy is. And Scream has pulled that off now five times. I, I mean, all five movies have gotten to the end without me being absolutely sure who the killer is. And so I have to say it's great. And this one has some red herrings early on, uh, has some clues early on that are just really good stuff. You look back and you go, how did I not? Hmm. So I saw Scream. I recommend that. I do think that we're going to see a Scream 6. I really do. I think there's a few nods to that in this movie in Scream 5. Uh, I think there's a few nods to the idea that they're not done. There's, I mean, I don't want to get spoilery at all, but there's just a few. I listen. I'm not going to talk about them. Google Scream Five Easter eggs, and you'll see what I mean. There's a few things that kind of nod to a, hey, maybe we're not done making these movies yet. Notion, which I'm a fan of. All right, what's on the menu for today? Three o'clock, Chiefs Bengals. Six thirty, Forty Niners Rams. Who do you like? Got to pull for the Bengals. I think Chiefs are America's bad guy right now. I do feel bad for Patrick Mahomes' brother and girlfriend, though. They take a lot of shit. I don't know that they deserve the amount of shit that they take, but they are a bit obnoxious. There is that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, 49ers, Rams, that's a tough one, man. I like both those teams, to tell you the truth. But I'm definitely pulling for the Bengals to go the whole way. Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and then, of course, Bengals in the Super Bowl, no matter which team they play. I got it at this point. No, I'm not. And that's the thing. I was just thinking about this. The Bengals being a rival of the Browns mattered last weekend because I was obviously rooting for the Bills. But now that you're down to these four teams, I do feel like I have the right to root for the Bengals. And here's why. I'll give you the Cleveland twist on that. The reason why is because the Browns swept the Bengals this year. And you might say, well, one of those was week 18, Paulie, and in week 18 the Bengals sat everybody. Yes, okay. We'll throw that off the table, say that game didn't count. But earlier in the season, the Bengals had everybody healthy and the Browns had everybody healthy, and the Browns absolutely rocked the Bengals. So that's my little bit of shimmer of hope that I'm holding on to with my team by seeing the Bengals go this far. I do think the Bengals are good. I mean, everybody was saying the Bills-Chiefs was the real Super Bowl. Yeah, I think the Bills and the Chiefs, there's a real argument to be made there, are are maybe or were maybe the best two teams remaining. But, you know, I think the Bengals belong where they are. That's a ton of talent. I mean, that wide receiver core is fantastic. They have a good running back, and they have an up-and-coming star at quarterback. Probably a step or two behind Mahomes and Allen, but – He's very good and can very well win this game today. Then the 49ers-Rams game is a little bit different. Two quarterbacks who have been the uh, victims of a lot of doubt over the years between Garoppolo and Stafford. But again, two very talented franchises. Very talented teams. It's going to be a fun game to watch. On the menu today, by the way, in case you're wondering, Stromboli. I'm doing a meat lovers and a veggie lovers. Also doing a little chicken wing dip. 
And we got the Wegman spicy tomato oil as a appetizer to dip bread in. That's right. Very exciting. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you got this episode because otherwise I just talked to literally nobody. Well, I guess my dog for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Let's have a great week.